Hello and welcome to the Get French Football News show. We are halfway through the season and PSG have earned the informal title of autumn champion. Marseille and Rennes, both in great form, complete the podium, just ahead of Lille and some surprise competitors such as Reims, Montpellier, Angers or Nantes. For this last show of 2019, we'll look back on the first half of the season and name our best 11 this far. And as always, we'll talk about the latest matches and the upcoming transfer window too. I'm your host, Pierre-Paul Birmingham. With me today, as usual, Mohamed Ali. Hi, Mo. Hi. And joining us, Clinton McDovis. Hi. Clinton, um, I listened to the preview show the other day, and um, I'm wondering now, are you, are you, have you sold your house? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Well, Clinton, ex yeah, go for it. You can explain. I'll let you. I, I can't even remember the game I said I was going to sell my house for. Oh, that's that part. Yes, you, you, you predicted a decisive win for Lille against Monaco. <laughs> oh, which yeah, was, it was that one. <laughs> um, which is where we'll be starting today, oh. I guess. Monaco 5, Lille 1. Uh, lead open the scoring through Victor Osimhen, uh, and Monaco then put five past them. Gelson Martins, Balde, Ben Yedder twice, and Glick finally. So, Clinton, you know, what was different from what you expected, <laughs> apart from uh, the score? Well, to be fair, I didn't expect Osimhen to start, so that's probably why they lost 5-1. I, really? I said it. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking for excuses, <laughs> <laughs> but like I expected so much, and and when the first goal went in, I was like, oh okay, it's finally happening, definitely happening. You know, his first away goal, by the way. Yeah, mm. in the league though, uh, I think he scored against my club in Champions League, <laughs> <laughs> and that one also ended four one after they took the lead. So very very similar vibes. Right, um, Mo, there was a lot of talk in the last few days about Leonardo Jardim. Reportedly, the players wanted him to change formation and return to three at the back, which is what uh, they did. And despite this great win, he looks, you know, more endangered than ever right now. Yeah, because obviously, I don't think one result was going to change anything, even though it was a fantastic result for them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, very rare sort of show of attacking prowess, but... Goals were never really the problem. It really is sort of the development of players, the tactical understanding, the, the vibe and the feeling of the dressing room is not so much one aspect. Um, and Monaco, whether they like it or not, obviously they've been pretty much resurgent in the league, but overall the picture remains just the same. Um, you know, they were roundly beaten by the same team uh, just three or four days ago. Yeah. Um, while also sort of still suffering some of the malaises, you know, it's it's the away form that is it's it's, it's now troubling. Um, you know, for, for for Monaco, it's it's the inability to impress against the big sides. It's the unhappy players, like you mentioned, with a tactical setup. Um, it's just something that needs to change. I mean, it's not hardly going to get any better because, you know, Jardim has already been there when, you know, things were going well for Monaco. He's already built a side. The project sort of fell apart, um, but then he's, you know, he, he they they moved on without him. He's already been sacked once. 
they fought him back to be the answer, a, you know, a, a, a quite different sort of approach from, from Thierry Henry last year. But um, really, the picture isn't, it hasn't changed. It's still mainly the same. And, you know, they brought him back for what? Um, so a 5-1 win isn't going to pay for over the cracks. And, and really, it's a question of when and not if now. Um, obviously, this period that we're entering now, the Christmas period, it might be a bit harsh, but um, it's the perfect time because obviously you've got the coupe coming up, you've got mm-hmm. uh, a two-week break, um, and once uh, Monaco get PSG out of the way, they can start looking uh, sort of forward uh, to how how they can then right at the table, and obviously the way that things are set up, um, a, a change at the right time with the right balance. Um, and with the right backing, obviously, in the transfer market, you know, they only really sit five points off the Champions League. Um, mm. So once they've got the two doubleheader PSG games away, which is, will be in, in the next three weeks, they've got, you know, the next 18 games of the season where, you know, if they settle back into the form that they, we know that they can exhibit with the players that they have and obviously uh, with one or two good additions... Who knows where they may finish? Yeah, I was surprised to realize that this was actually their sixth win in a row at home, um, which has obviously contributed to the rise in the table. As you say, they're seventh, just five points from Champions League. Um, And yes, Jardim, according to the reports out in the last few days, has very few friends left at the club, um, regardless of how good or bad the results are. Um, but it does seem that he still has the owner's favor just for now. But I was I was interested to note as well that they were the only team not to have set a um, a date for the end of their break, like for returning to training. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, after the matches on Saturday night, so that was maybe a sign of you know uncertain and things to come. Um, obviously, we'll have to wait until January to, you know, comment on whether he stayed or not. Uh, we'll be following that closely. Uh, a final point from this match really was that Yusuf Yazici from Lille uh, suffered in an ACL injury and he'll be out for the rest of the season, uh, which is you know, bad news again uh, for Lille and, and for Ligue 1. And uh, we wish him the best. Let's move on to uh, Marseille-Nîmes. At this point, it's it's become routine, uh, Mo. Another win and another great performance from Bayet. Yeah, I mean, just really, I don't think much to say um, mm-hmm. in that um, it was it was very much routine um, for for OM and Villas Boas, and Bayet was once more incredible. I've kept saying now, yeah, he's got seven goal contributions in the last seven games he's um four that's i think three goals no four goals and three assists and he was incredible again in the second half i was very unfortunate if bendetta had not been a fraction offside uh to not have a double uh again and he's really playing with such an energy it's not so much sort of the creativity now it's sort of the pressing high the power the the, the the energy that's for the full 90 minutes is not exactly the uh, sort of the lumbering genius that waits hit, picks his moments or or um, sort of you know unlocks matches with a pass here or a free kick there or whatever he's actually involved in the game his movement is great his 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 beating opponents left right and center you know 
things that people perhaps don't attribute Pyatt with. Um, but yeah, it was it was wonderful. It's uh, it's now seven wins out of the last eight for OM. It's um, you know it, it, it's a great end to the season, a great end to the year um, for what was originally probably a difficult year overall uh, for Marseille. But heading into January, the picture looks really really good. Absolutely, and um, Payet had uh, two very photogenetic uh, celebrations, even though he only scored one goal, which yeah. was amusing. Um, what, what can a you good say? Finish... Huh? What, I mean, what can you say? I hate when the player has a very good goal celebration thought out, um, and yeah. then VAR intervenes. Um, yeah, but it wasn't his. That, that would have been Benedetto's goal anyways, the first one, which was yeah. ruled out. But, you know... <laughs> Well, maybe um, if, he wants to live, if he wants to live as a fairy, um, <laughs> what I thought uh, was a celebration. That's his, obviously, prerogative. <laughs> um, a good finish, too, from Anthony Briançon, the Nîmes centre-back, who, who he's, he's, he's got a good shot. I mean, he you know, obviously doesn't have a lot of chances as a centre-back, but he does take them quite well and sometimes comes pretty close. So I'll, I'll um, let you in on a secret. Mm-hmm. I switched off long before then. <laughs> Oh, well, there was, there was plenty I, of other stuff to watch, yeah. I, when, when, when the third goal had gone in, I thought that's that's job done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, sh- um, we should mention that uh, all of the matches were on at the same time on Saturday night. So obviously none of us have seen, you know, every match. Uh, and that's why we're, we're glossing over and waiting for the next parts. Right. Uh, Clinton, Reims 1, Lyon 1. Lyon clearly lacking confidence as illustrated by, you know, Moussa Dembele's missed penalty in the, in the last few minutes there. Yeah, um, it just feels like they're a shadow of themselves at this point or their former selves. Um, they don't look confident at all. There's a lot of um, uncertainty around the club and around the players. There's no, there's no air of conviction, really. There doesn't seem to be any conviction in their play, in their, and in you know in key moments such as that you know penalty point, and it's just sad to see really. Lyon are supposed to be one of the bigger clubs in the league, and they probably have the second best team in the league. There's no reason why they should be struggling this much, and um, you know it's just it just it just keeps going on and on even with the managerial change doesn't seem like there's anything that has really changed with the team. Obviously, um, mm-hmm. results have gotten a bit better, but um, it's not been convincing at all. And it just feels like they're probably going to finish something like ninth or 10th by the end of the season if things go on like this. And then with the injuries to um, Jeff and Memphis, um, yeah. it doesn't look too good. But of course, they've been linked with um, many players, which we'll talk about later, I guess. So... Um, we wait to see how January goes, but I just don't think they're going the right direction at this point. It was it was just poor to see. They had the lead, they lost it, and then from then on, they just couldn't you know, do anything. Mm. On, it, only um, two shots on target in the second half. Was yeah. Just poor. It all started so well on Saturday, though, with a goal from yeah. Touzard after just nine minutes. Yeah, Touzard, who great is, goal. Yeah, he's great one of those goal. players who shoots every match. And it never goes anywhere near the goal. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily for um, him, it was close to you know, the opposition. Yeah. And then also, um, we should mention that Dembele's penalty, which was saved by Perdrag uh, Rajkovic, 
uh, I just wanted to point out that um, this is something I became aware of because I wrote Rykovich's profile for the GFFN 100, which will be coming out uh, on the 1st of January. And Rykovich is actually, you know, a, a penalty specialist. In his career, he's saved eight out of 19. Um, he saved both penalties in Ligue 1 so far. And uh, he saved one from Eden Hazard in the Champions League a few years ago. Um, that was with Maccabi Tel Aviv, I think. Yeah. Um, let's go on to Rennes Bordeaux. Rennes with another win, their fifth win in a row, winning 1 0. And uh, Mo, I mean, what an incredible way for them to close this yeah. you know, historic year. They're third in the league. And it's it's been know. a great year. Um, obviously, uh, the French Cup, the victory, the. Uh, the Europa League campaign, the win over Arsenal, the win of the win over Lazio, even uh, just a couple of weeks ago, um, twice um, winners over over PSG, over Lyon. It's mm-hmm. been it's been probably their best calendar year um, ever, um, and yeah, they've won yeah. five in the they've won five in a row. And I felt that you know it's a little bit underappreciated the fact that they've also managed because Marseille won six in a row and that was all the rage for, in the back pages for a while um, and, and Ren have won five and they probably would have had six if the, the game against Nîmes had, had, had gone ahead um, and would have been two points behind Marseille and five points clear you know, on the podium um, obviously that could still happen in, in, in January which would be an added bonus mm. um, and you know we spoke way back I think in late September when things weren't going so well when people you know there were a little bit of you know sort of talk that Julian Stefan was perhaps a little bit out of his depth you know between the 1st of September um, to, to the end of November they've only won twice um, and both of those were against uh, sort of one goal victories against Toulouse and Amiens um, n- you know nothing convincing uh, but since um, they've had a perfect month you know half of their league victories have come in december the same as last year when they 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 won all five um in december as well they you know play devil's advocate even though their 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 form looks absolutely incredible obviously the results have been sort of narrow um and have probably come Mm. against teams who who um have you know who are probably shorn of of quality or of um motivation so you've got um, you know they beat a Leon that's probably not difficult to beat these days <laughs> they've they, they beat a Lazio which was fantastic a Lazio side who obviously contending for Serie A this year but uh, obviously it's the last game of the Europa League um, and it's a slightly changed team Angers poor away for him and then Mets um, Mets in a last minute win against Saint-Étienne so you know they've got a very thin squad um, they've they had to rely on a very late sort of goal so, I don't know. Whatever happens, happens, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And um, the goal scorer, again, uh, yeah. Bain Yang, has been in, in great form in the past couple of months, uh, which has obviously yeah. contributed to, to that rise on the table uh, just recently. On to PSG Amiens. 4-1 for PSG with goals from uh, Bappe twice, Neymar once, and Icardi. Um I mean, you know, nothing out of the ordinary here. P- Thomas Tuchel's 4-4-2 is working 
quite well. Clinton, do you think it's can it only work against small sides like Amiens, or you know, for when the big games come, uh, is there a way of aligning the the fabulous four together? I think um, it could work against big teams. Uh, it looks more like a four-two-two-two sometimes mm. with uh, like Neymar and um, Sarabia or Timaria behind Mbappe and um, Mbappe and Cardi, and I, I feel like. Um, Thomas Tuchel is trying to, you know, make, see how it works. He's trying to make the uh, chemistry, you know, come together and make the, make the players master the formation ahead of you know the key CL ties. Although I do think that um, he will probably change it up a bit when those CL ties come in, because I mean, obviously Verratti is going to come back, Gray is going to be available as well. So when you have Gray, Verratti, and Marquinhos to play in midfield, then he might have to switch it up unless it's going to play Marquinhos in cent- central defense with Thiago Silva, which is also a possibility. If he does that, then he'll probably go with the 4 2 2. And so far, it has looked like really good. I think um, mm. PSG have looked very good with it. So, um, but w- when they did play Real Madrid, though, they didn't play the this, this same formation, they played 4 3 3 with um, Ghana, yeah, Marquinhos but they had injuries at, at that point, I think, didn't they? I'm not sure yeah, if they were all available. Neymar was just coming back at the time, so he, yeah, he came, yeah, that's he came right. on the second half. So it's hard to tell, though. But so far, so so good. It looks it looks quite good. Mm-hmm. The bad news is that you know they have more injuries um, again this time with Thiago Silva and Abdoulaye Diallo both coming off. Uh, have you guys seen? Is it long term? I didn't see an expected return date um, anywhere, but maybe I just missed it. Well, I guess we'll. Yeah, you know, I I think it was muscular, so probably not too long. But you know, uh, PSG have not had a lot of luck uh, with some of these injuries this season. On to Nantes, Angers, and um, to your credit, Clinton, uh, you guys on the preview show <laughs> predicted this win for Angers two one, which was their first away win to Nantes in the first division in fifty two years. Uh, so. <laughs> Quite a historic evening in that derby. It was remarkable. Yeah, it was some terrible goalkeeping um, though. <laughs> I don't think any of us really believed that. I don't think any of us really believed that it was actually going to happen. But when we <laughs> we saw that you know, history has a way of you know, repeating itself, and it just comes around in cycles and like that. So when um, Nuns went one one year up, I, I just said, Ah, nah, it's happening again. Nuns are going to win this, and then all of a sudden one one, and then the other thing two one. It was crazy. Yeah, well, um, I think it was great, a great result for Angers. Very, very unexpected, but great. Um, two terrible goalkeeping mis- mistakes. Uh, one from Angers Capel, the other from Lafon for Nantes on the winner. Um, but yeah, the conditions seemed quite terrible as well under the rain and everything. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Right, uh, we'll go quickly through the rest. Strasbourg 1, uh, sorry, Strasbourg 2, Saint-Étienne 1. Ajork and, and Thomasson on the score sheet again for Strasbourg. Montpellier 4, Brest 0 with two goals from Laborde. Savanier with a penalty and Mollet with the fourth goal. Lots of fun with those guys again. Uh, there's a piece, uh, the Jeff Evans column in The Guardian by Adam White and Eric Devin talks about Montpellier this week. Uh, so be sure you check that out for more on them. Dijon 2, Metz 2. 
mess with 10 men, uh, scoring a very late equalizer. It's kind of silly on, on Dijon's behalf to have allowed that. It was a great goal from Amalfitano for Dijon, though. I don't know if you guys saw that, the half volley. Um, really yeah, good. Um, yeah. And finally, Nice 3, Toulouse nil. It is Toulouse, so, you know, not a surprise to see Nice win that one 3-0. Goes from Malangsar, Boudaoui, and Pierre Lesmelou, another wonder strike from him. Same, uh, basically the same goal as he scored, I think it was two weeks ago. Um, it, it, it was really great. And uh, the highlight from, from this match, of course, was the news that goal line technology was not functional after rats in the Nice stadium were uh, had a, a little chewing of the uh, cables for that. So uh, they had to work without it, but they didn't need it anyways. Uh, and that is all for match day 19. Okay, now that we're halfway through the Ligue 1 season, uh, we're going to take a little bit of time to identify uh, the best 11 so far this year. Um, so guys, why don't we begin by, uh, you know, each naming our goalkeeper, who was the best goalkeeper of the first half of the season. Go for it, Mo. Uh, for me, uh, I can't probably look past uh, Lassana, uh, Gautier Lassana of Brest. Not bad. Um, he's, he's had, a, especially, in, especially in the last six, seven weeks, um, he's really produced like a number of top saves. Um, and obviously it's helped his side um, still sort of manage themselves, uh, especially in games where they've been perhaps losing uh, very narrowly. Um, the, the Lille and Marseille games, his performances there were, were of particular highlights. So, yeah. Philippe Bargiel, you're joining us for this segment. Do you agree with Larsonneur? Uh, I, I went with uh, Predrai Grashkovic. From mm. the uh, he had uh, he had a great defense in front of him, but uh, he was very um, calm and, and soothing to that uh, to that great defense. I think he he only conceded t- uh, ten goals in uh, in eighteen games. That's uh, pretty good. That's only three more than Keylor Navas. So I went with him. I went for him for the same reasons. Uh, so I'll just put, say that right away. And Clinton. Ah, uh, Lasagna. <laughs> oh, we're tied. We're <laughs> tied. <laughs> Because uh, my own reasons are simple. Lasagna has like the best XGA to um, goals considered variance in the whole of Europe. His save percentage is about you know 80%. It was higher before this weekend. It was 82% before this weekend. But um, this weekend was really bad. <laughs> but overall, he's been he's been great. He's made nine saves in a game. He's made eight saves in a game. I think he's made I think ten as well. He's just, you know, been despite the fact that Brest have been considering, you know, a lot of goals, it could be worse. And I think he has been he has been exceptional for them. It's the main reason why they are fifteenth. I remember you were talking about the um Liz Melu goal. Mm. He he also tried to score it against Brest, but last time did not allow him. <laughs> so that's 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 awesome. Oh what what's our tiebreaker here, guys? Two two between Rajkovic and Larsoner. Right, you know, probably wins this no, because no. Um, <laughs> he has been, Okay, he, I, I'm going to say that as host, my vote counts as <laughs> less. As less, I'm, you're less on Twitter or something. <laughs> um, 
let's say Larsonneur for now, and uh, maybe we'll come back to it. Mo, read out uh, your defensive line for us. Um, I've got uh, two two France players, uh, Fouquet mm-hmm. and, um, and Abdelhamid. Um, mm. I've got uh, Thiago Silva. Um, and then I have Quan uh, Bernat. Okay. Phil? I really tried looking for a left back. And I it's couldn't quite really not find easy, one. is it? Yeah. It's really not. It really is not. Really, mm. is easy. I I stumbled upon Jordan at Marby, but I still think Quan Bernat had a better yeah. chance. For me, the other one was Idnori. Um, mm. yeah, 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 and I just edged it. Uh, Fouquet, actually, Fouquet, I mean, crossed my mind. I went with uh, Mehmet Selik of Lille at right back and uh, center back pairing of Hilton from Montpellier and um, Romain Thomas from Angers. Ooh, not bad. Um, <clears throat> and that yeah. wasn't hard, easy to find either. <laughs> and Clinton... there, there are quite a few great center backs. But left back was, yeah. was there are there yeah. basically. I, mean, I think um, this guy would have been great for left back if he had played more games. Anthony Cassi of um, Strasbourg, mm. where he's played just yeah. eight games, cool. unfortunately, because he has like four assists and a goal. He's also doing well defensively. But um, for me though, I'd rather not play with full backs. I'd rather do three at the back if possible. <laughs> uh, I could feel guys in because i don't think the fullbacks have been very impressive um you know in the bar yeah so, um i for me um tiago silva and sassy if i have my <laughs> and who sorry the sassy or right oh okay yeah Ooh, that's a good call yeah um yeah the fullbacks was tough but for me i mean for me bernat was more of a was more obvious i mean he has been really good i know we didn't really you know he hasn't always been this good for psg which is maybe why people are kind of surprised but mm. um i thought he had a great half season i had more trouble at right back to be honest um because i know Fouquet has been a popular pick amongst different kind of media outlets yeah. but even though the Reims defense is really strong i've always I, I'm less than convinced by Fouquet, especially on the ball. I think he's, um, you know, uh, I don't, I don't think he's the best right back in the league. So I just put Atal, even though he hasn't played a lot at right back, but, right. but you know, I think he's good. And then I have Abdelhamid as well, so um, he'll make our team for sure. And Silva, um, so he's in there as well. Clinton Mo, you had him. Uh, Bernard seems sure, um, but I guess because Phil and Mo, you both mentioned Fouquet, even though he wasn't your pick, Phil, will we put him in there? Yeah, yeah, all right, it's, it's a fair pick. Yeah. Two Reims players, two PSG players that makes sense. They're both, you know, they're the two best defenses with 10 goals conceded each, so yeah, fair enough. You'll probably understand later why I didn't put more PSG players in. Well, tell us. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I like your pick, especially Hilton. Mm. Um, I mean, the guy's 40. Yeah. So and that's he's, kind of impressive. 
yeah, and he's still playing, you know, every game like nothing. Mm. And I do agree that Thoma is an interesting, um, yeah, he, offensively as well on corners, he's very, very really, good. Really um, uh, a twin cost between Abdelhamid and, and Thoma. Mm. Right. Mo, um, tell us about your midfield here. Now, how many midfields are we going to include? Because this could be where things get tricky. Mm. We, let's have a vote here. Who's going with three? I'm going with uh, well, it's actually a four-two-three-one, so I can I can do four-three-three. Three. Yeah. I mean, we'll just count it that way, I guess. If, right. Yeah. So we're going to go for three then. Um, that's that's what I have as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the first one is uh, obviously Valentin Franchier, who's mm -hmm. who's been quite incredible. Um, um, before his injury, probably Jeffrey Adelaide. Um, uh, my other pick um, and the third one and I'm just probably going to be biased but I'm probably not going to be turning up in your, uh, <laughs> your 11 this is Morgan Sanson Sanson mm -hmm. <laughs> wow really yeah <laughs> I think he's just been I think he's been the quiet performer um, of the league and season especially in the last couple of games um, I think it's perhaps a little bit too easy to put Marco Verratti and um, uh, you know PSG have been decent, but it's not been sort of vintage PSG, mm. um, especially since they've won sort of a lot of the games in early sort of the early part of the season. In the midst of defeats by narrow goals, probably because of Neymar's brilliance and the attacking brilliance, and I think that's where the top-heavy squad that they have has probably limited the the importance of that midfield for now. And Marquinhos, I think they've been you know there's there's more better suited midfielders who probably are deserving um, of that sort of position. I think it's a bit too easy or a bit of a cop-out for either Verratti or Martinez. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, preempt you guys, but that's just my, my thinking of putting uh, Sanson in. Yeah, that is... The, the so you three are Sanson, Rongier and Jeffrey Adelaide. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The PSG guys are kind of the ones you go to when you don't really know who else to pick. I, I agree with that, yeah. <laughs> um, Phil, how many, any PSG guys for you? No. No, I went for three Marseille players. Wow. I picked, uh, I picked Rongier, Sanson and Payet playing the whole number 10. Interesting. Oh, Payet definitely would have been in mind, but not obviously in the midfield. Uh, uh, oh. The area. I mean, that's... <laughs> I mean, obviously, I hope I didn't alarm you, you know, the listeners. This is my, why I was my, not, not putting for three full backs. For me, Pai would have been in the left <laughs> of a 3F man attack. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll consolidate, I guess, once we have yeah, the attackers absolutely. in as well. Yeah. Um, Clinton, with your strange formation, who's in there? <laughs> uh, Ranger, obviously. Okay. I've, I've been absolutely blown away by his performances. Chavalarin mm. of um, Rhymes. I think he, he had a long game where he had 11 tackles. And, um, there was that assist um, to Bulaidia um, in that game where Abdelami took the ball out from defense. I think it was against Bordeaux. Can't quite remember. But overall, he's been, he's been really good, I think. Um, mm. He's provided the shield in midfield for that defense. You know, to really flourish. Um, then um, I think Marquinhos. Marquinhos for me. I think Marquinhos has been pretty good. 
So that's my three. All right. I can't believe I didn't put Chavalerin in, even though I'm always, <laughs> I always defend him the most and, and say good <laughs> things about him. But yeah, uh, my midfield was uh, Rongier, who we've all mentioned, so he'll be in there for sure. Mm. Um, I picked Kamavinga as well. I mean, I don't think he's, you know, actually the best player in midfield in the league, but I'm giving him a big handicap for his age. And with that, I, you know, I think he deserves a shout. And I picked Marquinhos like you, Clinton. But the reason I picked him was I was going to go 4-2-3-1, but I couldn't decide on who um, to pick for my kind of fourth forward. There was too many people in contention, so I just decided <laughs> to put Marquinhos in instead. <laughs> behind, <laughs> um, I think he's been doing a, a, a great job there. For you know, even though it's not his natural position, so um, yeah. And so Mo, Payet, and and who else up front for you? It's just now where it probably gets difficult because there's so many attackers. Yeah, who've done really yes. really well, and it's Payet. Obviously, he's going to take one spot. Um, but then you've got for the remaining two, you've got either Diallo, Benyeda, and Bappe, um, who are just probably the prime, absolute deserving players among amongst others. Mm. Um, but for me, I'm gonna go for um, uh, and Diallo. Uh, no, sorry, Benyeda and Osimhen. Okay. Um, so no Mbappe, unfortunately. Uh, because while he's been superb, um, you know, four of his five goals have come, uh, sorry, four of his 11 goals have come, uh, sorry, that's six of his goals have come in December, whereas uh, Osim Hen and Ben Yedder have probably been spread out more across the season. You know, it was Neymar at the beginning uh, who starred for PSG uh, with his late goals in September uh, and August. Um, sure. Then obviously Cardi's six sort of goal haul. And now Mbappe's taking the mantle, which I think is not fair. <laughs> Essentially, if we're going to name one as sort of the a play of the you know the, the season itself, uh, Ben Yedder has spread the goals out. Uh, Diallo, in particular, has been very important for Mets. I think high absolutely, yeah. And Osim Hen yeah. as well, and you know, he's finishing replacing Nicolas Pepe. He's had an incredible time. And also, you've got uh, Neong, Ajok, and Depay as well, all, all deserving. Um, so I'm going to go for Benyeda and um, and Osimhen. Well, I have a question for you. Um, I didn't put Osimhen in because um, because of his away record. Yeah. I just felt like it was less deserving. But I don't know if that's fair or not. I Ten of his fair. eleven, I think, have been at home. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's fair. His his although he's of um, giving some assists away, but. Mm, um, no goal at all until yeah. you know, this weekend. I don't think that's really deserving. I don't have him in my team as much as I've loved his. But <laughs> I actually have four attackers. Remember that I don't have four. Yes, players. you're going three, three, so, four. Interesting. Yeah, because that that top is really heavy, so <laughs> I wanted to make it four. So I have Payet. Payet has had 67 key passes this season. 67. I think that's the highest in Europe, uh, followed surprise, by surprise. De Bruyne. <laughs> it's insane. There are games where he has eight, and there are some where he has seven key passes. Like it's crazy. And then he's also creating big chances as well. I think he's third in the league. Then I also have um, Di Maria mm. because um, 
He has actually been really good. He's top assistant in the league. Um, he has um, six goals as well. And he has created 17 big chances. That's that's about um, that's about seven more than the next guy. That's a lot. So <laughs> I, I found it very hard to leave him out, even though I'm I'm not really a fan of his um, second half of the season performances because I always feel like he starts really well and then he gets somewhere between February and March when those sale ties come in and he's not <laughs> as consistent. So I don't really trust him. <laughs> I've been right. this many times. But I think so far he deserves credit and um, I'll put him in my team. Then, of course, Mbappe. I, I, I think um, the point more made earlier was very, very, very um, solid, actually, because he was injured for a while and he's really just coming to form upon return, like, in the last in the past month and a half. So, uh, it's really tricky that I had to put him. But I just felt like, yeah, I had to put him. And, of course, Ben Yedda, the... Um, top scorer in the league and he's been really good. It was really hard for me to leave out Osimhen, Diallo, Slimani. Slimani as well, that's true. Yeah. yeah really we kind of forgot because I think he's I think he's just, he's suspended he's right now, Slimani, isn't he? Yeah. But he's, he's had a great season. Not, top assist. Yeah. Absolutely. Um Ikadi as well, I had to leave him out. Mm. Um I actually would have put Benedetto myself because I think he's been excellent even when he's not scoring goals. But I mean, when you have someone that's got 13, someone that's got seven, it's really hard to play a striker with just you know, seven goals. So, and a joke, of course, my guy. <laughs> really hard to leave him out. It was the first name I thought of, but sad. And, and Philippe, how about you? How did you, what compromise did you find between all those, those talents? Um, I went with three PSG players, would you believe? Um, I went with uh, Sarabia, Mbappe, and uh, Icardi. Sarabia? Yeah. I don't know, he he hasn't... Sorry? Tell us why. Um, I don't think he's he's got this uh, superstar type of thing, but he just uh, delivered when he... uh, Not when he had to, but uh, he's put uh, put the shift in when, uh, when it was needed. And uh, it could have been very, very easy to uh, just uh, let uh, the trio of Mbappe, Neymar, and uh, Di Maria to be able to get all the goals. But uh, he pitched in with a few. And uh, overall, the overall, overall one player, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was, um, I thought it was quite good. Mm. Um, and you, the third one was Icardi, you said, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, myself, I went for uh, Wissam Ben Yedder because, you know, as top goal scorer, who, he's been really, really great. And I decided to use, you know, to take him to represent the kind of goal scorer uh, role in this team. Um, behind him, Angel Di Maria, who has been superb. And he's going to be the, the little artist in, in my side. I put Kylian Mbappe in there as well, who was... Uh, had a very strong month of December, as mentioned, but also, you know, had to deal with different injuries and so on. And even then, was still scoring as a substitute. So uh, I thought that was very impressive. Let's tally up the votes here. I wrote down all of your teams. Uh, in the midfield, Rongier was voted on by everyone, so he makes it. 
Uh, Sansong was there twice, so he's there as well. Payet, no doubt. Ben Yedder is in. Mbappe is in. And it looks like Di Maria is the last. So, the GFFN show team of the season so far is in goal, uh, Larsoner, although with the caveat that it was a tied between him and, and Rajkovic. In defense, Thomas Fouquet, Thiago Silva, Younes Abdelhamid, Juan Bernat. Midfield, Valentin Rongier and Morgan Sanson. Kylian Mbappe, Angel Di Maria, Dimitri Payet. And Wissam Ben Yedder. Not bad. All right. That, that, that could, um, yeah, that would be a pretty good team in, in Ligue 1, no doubt. Um, two midfielders from Marseille, that's where I was surprised. I mean, I, I, they've done well, but. Um, the people want what they want, Pierre. <laughs> what was that? The people want what the people want. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Um, I I I like that you voted for Jeff as well, Mo. Um, yeah, I'm a huge fan of him, but I don't know. I couldn't bring myself to, even though he has been so good. I just, I yeah, I just think, I just think, you know, when you when you get out of the, um, for me, obviously, when when you when you when you look at a team of the uh, off sort of season, you're picking players. I think it's too easy to go for. For Paris, like it explained in the podcast, but mm-hmm. I'd also like to focus on sort of more creative types, and and I think you know, Leon is not probably not just in the game, but Jeff has obviously performed in the Champions League before for his ACL. Rudy Garcia did you know trust him a lot, and I just think that no one has really. And it's probably a criticism of the league and the quality this season as well. Um, mm-hmm. In that you could only really pick a squad out of three, four, five teams. Uh, because consistency has really been something difficult to come by, um, That's, so really yeah. you've got you've got quite a few teams uh, who, who don't, just don't feature uh, if 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 it's not going to be one player. So you know you pick PSG because it's PSG, you pick Marseille because they're clearly second. Um, mm. You could say Camavinga is is is, is, is another one for Ren. Uh, Lille, you pick the striker, but anybody else no because they've got a, an awful away record. Not uh, you know toing and throwing. Um, Every given week, Monaco were in a bit of a shambles. Except if it wasn't for Benyeda or Slimani, where would they be? And then so on, yeah. so on. Um, I'd love to put Angers in there once upon a time, but they've had a really awful time, as have Bordeaux, who were third a month ago and now thirteenth. Um, so yeah, it's difficult, and it is, it's a quality um, any given week. I mean, personally, I would put seven Marseille players in there, but <laughs> unfortunately, that's that's so yeah, I think that'd be pulling a bit too far. There we have it. Our our, our is best surprise that we didn't pick a single win players, even well, yeah. I was just about to mention because the game second, they're third, yeah. and um, with a game, game in hand. hand. But um, I, I think I can't nobody was even close. I mean, I may have sort of Mendy in, instead of Vashkovic in goal, but that's it. Mm. I mean, nobody yeah. else, yeah, nobody else, uh. You know, did particularly well. I mean, Damien de Silva had some great scenes in the past. Not that much this term. I was actually thinking about Jeremy Murray for one second, but that was just one second. And the rest was like, yeah, 
Okay. But possibly, but possibly, Philippe, it's also, I feel like they've had a lot of rotation because of Europa League as well. And so yeah. it's been kind of shared roles and um, not so many stars. So, for example, like, you know, when they were playing Europa League, it was kind of alternating even between Kamavinga and um, Jonas Martin, who since got injured, I believe, or isn't playing anymore. I'm not too sure all of a sudden. Um, but yeah, they don't really have standout players. Is no, that's no, true? Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, well, we we found a a strong side, even if Liga hasn't been that good. Apparently, Mo. <laughs> yeah. Consistency. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, let's move on to our final segment concerning uh, transfers. Uh, there's been tons of stories in the past few days uh oh really too many stories i think uh to comment on or for even any of them to be uh true well some of them true but not all of them for sure let's begin with uh lyon who are the kind of big actor in the news at the moment obviously with the injuries of jeff and memphis they are looking to replace uh, or find alternatives for the second half of the season and there's been lots of big names lots of uh french internationals or former french internationals in some cases we've had we've heard about enzonzi lemar gamero digne ben arfa and even julian draxler although psg uh reportedly refused uh lyon's offer on him mo which ones of these seem credible to you um none of them none um, None of them. What um, about Enzonzi, who's you know, I mean, out of favor at Galatasaray do, and do, at do Roma. You really, do you really be think that Leon are going to sort of break the bank uh, in terms of wages? Um, no. For for a player that's over thirty that goes against their values. I mean, it'll be harking back to the days of 2012, 2013 when they had sort of <laughs> no money were and were buying sort of cheap uh, domestically. Uh, this is a team that, remember, has a 200 million plus, or 250, 300 million even, uh, budget. Um, and they're not going to sign a player long term, which Enzozzi probably demand. Uh, but they could get him on loan, product. surely. I just, I, I don't think it's, I don't think something they've ever done. I don't think something they'll prioritize. That's Maybe true. they will mm. shop, you know, something that, I mean, it'll be, it'll be a big financial gamble for just six months. Um, and January is a very, very difficult time. I'd prefer them to buy uh, sort of a, a midfielder uh, domestically, um, who they already yeah. have a good handle on, um, who, who, who could come in uh, for, for about 10, 12 million euros, who, who could conceivably stay in the team um, past the uh, midfield, uh, sorry, the, the, the end of the year. Um, I just can't see any of it happening. Thomas Limar is. Atletico, no, that's uh, yeah, that's impossible. Gone. Would Atletico do want him gone? But you but know, he's too expensive. Want, is, yeah. exactly they're gonna want they're gonna want at least fifty million, sixty million for him. That's not gonna happen. Um, and they also need a defender. Um, I just I just can't see. Obviously, it's too too early. Um, the fact is, if they were if they were signing for one position, um, it, it sort of be easier to focus all their efforts on mm. you know, scouting the right person getting the right offer in and maybe making the financial sacrifices for one position. Sort of all the, you know, all the bad luck has come on at once. 
Um, yeah. You know, all that, you know, so they've got two back three players injured. They've got a defender that wants out. They've got, you know, a problem in each position, outfield position. So, um, as you mentioned, yeah. Marcelo is, you know, probably going to leave. And then the other story today was that uh, they refused an offer from Hertha Berlin for 20 million euros for Luca Tuzar. But that seems unlikely as well, that they would get rid of the midfielder at this moment um, yeah. with the injuries. It's also yeah. a club, a club like Hertha Berlin would spend 20 million on, a, on such a player. I mean, it's mm. very, uh, it's very uh, un unfamiliar from uh, from that club. And besides, uh, I mean, uh, I just a uh, second uh, most most points um, about the the wage structure and um, and the quality of the players and how much it's going to cost them. But would you really uh, want to build your side in January when you already have a manager who's on borrowed times already after a couple of a couple of months at the club? And not wait for next season. I mean, I know that Ulas doesn't like to, he's not the patient type, but uh, sometimes you have to, you just have to uh, wait wait for things to get 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 better. And I just don't think throwing loads of money in terms of transfer fees and wages uh, is a way to go for Lyon this, this, um, mm. this summer, this uh, January, sorry, not summer. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it depends on how realistic they think, you know, reaching Europe would be or not um, with the help of transfers. The good news for Lyon is that they will probably extend Memphis Depay's contract uh, until 2023. The current one is running until 2021. Um, and uh, I mean, it's a it's a nice gesture for him, obviously, seeing as he's out for six months plus. Um, and means he'll be there next season again, uh, almost certainly uh, with the injury, whereas it was possible that he would be leaving uh, next summer. Um, that's about it for Lyon. Um, Philippe, for PSG, there's not nothing much expected this window. No. I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, I don't think we, we need of uh, anything, anything special. Just... Um... Maybe Vaz we, we have, on us this, this, this season. Mm -hmm. We have one question um, from Keston James who asked, how likely do you think it is for PSG to allow Cavani to leave in the winter to Atletico? Well, unfortunately, I think the club will allow him to leave because, uh, and, and that the fans will, um, will actually be quite sympathetic if he, if, he, if he was to leave because he's always, he's always played. And uh, in the current system, he's he's not. But uh, I would uh, I would actually force him to stay, and maybe cut a deal with Atletico to uh, to sign, uh, maybe maybe sell him and loan him back for mm -hmm. the for the second half of the season. Um, because uh, when we're playing a four four two, he's a he's a great option to to come off the bench. So I get that he doesn't want to be that uh, squad player that. Uh, sits on the bench and comes on when uh, uh, when he is needed. I mean, halfway through the second half most of the time. I mean, I get that he's a yeah. he's a competitor, uh, but I, I would I would be quite quite sad to see him to see him leave if only for his uh, uh, for for the option he he brings off the bench. I mean, it's still much uh, much better to uh, to think that you can. Uh, 
your plan B is Cavani and not Supermatin. <laughs> that that is true, uh, but obviously he's you know he's struggling with a lot of physical I, I problems as well. Himself, you know, I mean, of course he he wants to play, and of course Atletico is a nice fit and uh, something. Yeah. I think that there's a feeling that this could be the year for PSG because this is like the strongest squad that PSG have had like in a really long time. I think ever probably. You think so? The, yeah, mm-hmm. the in terms of the depth now, I'm not just talking quality, but the depth, the quality of depth as well. Mm-hmm. Like you have Cavani, you have Cardi, you have Neymar, you have Di Maria, you have um, Gueye, you have Marquinhos, Thiago, Herrera, you know, all those guys. I think that the bench is really strong this year. And there's probably a feeling that if everyone is able to stay fit, they could go all the way in Champions League. I do feel like I, Cavani would probably not want to miss out on that. He's probably thinking, okay, this is the final um, stretch, so we might just go in the summer. So he might not want to rush that. Although, alternatively, he's someone that likes to play. He likes to play like every game. And for me, though, uh, it feels like, okay, he's on 196 goals for PSG. I just want him to get to 200 before leaving. <laughs> like that's going to happen. But overall, though, I, I think he'll probably go in the summer. Um, going now in January, uh, Atletico could be out of the Champions League by next round because they're playing against Liverpool. And that's a very, very difficult um, tie. So it might be better to just stay, yeah, well, to be like um, a farewell tour the next six months. Just um, <laughs> tell the fans goodbye and all of that. Get cup games. And come off the bench a bit and hear Cavani in the stadium every game, <laughs> and then um, by uh, May just leave. So, well, I'm... I wish I wish I could share that optimism of yours, Clinton. But uh, I was at the game at, against Amiens on Saturday evening, and uh, uh, yeah, we played a four-four-two. I, I still don't I, I don't think that Tuchel has a set starting eleven. He played four three three. He played he played sometimes three at the back. He played four four two. He's been playing four four two for now, um, so it's still not settled. Uh, I don't even know who I would put uh, at centre back next to Thiago Silva, because Kimpembe is Kimpembe and the Jallo. Uh, well, uh, people people from Dortmund know him. They know his weaknesses. They know uh, what his strengths are, but his his weaknesses. Um, and uh, we we played very. Should we say laid back against Amiens? I thought Diallo came came off after twenty odd minutes. He's not going to be out for long. He's going to be fit for the for the first leg. That's not going to, going to be a problem. But um, Verratti came on. He was invisible. He was like a ghost. And in we look we look very laid back playing against a, a side that's fighting relegation, uh, who caused us quite a bit of problems defensively. And we conceded a goal. So you know, I, I think I think if we're up against a very uh, a good side who really believes they can beat us, um, it can be very very tricky. So it's no it's no real different than the other seasons. Just get get past the first knockout stage, and then we'll see what goes. What uh, first of all, we'll see who we get. That's that's uh, I think the most the most important part. I I would. I would strongly disagree with your um, optimism on this one, Clinton, but um, <laughs> I, I'll save my arguments for a, another day here. Um, Mo, 
what's uh, what's going on on the Marseille front? Any possible moves there? Um, possibly none. Uh, the aim is to get rid of the deadwood, but Andre Villas-Boas has made it clear that he doesn't want to uh, sort of concede any any players, especially since the team is mm. really quite thin um, and they're doing really well in pursuit of the Champions League and you'd be able to obviously um, then, you know, with... You know, I saw actually today Lyon actually made 70 million euros from their run uh, into the Champions League last 16 last year. So that would obviously be 60-70% uh, of Marseille's budget right there. <laughs> um, so the idea is, is to keep, um, you know, keep the team. But obviously if Kevin Strickman managed to find an offer away um, he's not exactly a central player for OM, but on a half a million a month salary, mm. uh, which is obviously very, very massive uh, for 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 a, a, a team that is in has the same finances as Marseille does. Um, they would not obviously stop him from leaving. Uh, they keep obviously had their transfer special this morning, um, and it's mm. actually. You know, Marseille are slightly moving to the same direction that Arsenal had a lot of trouble with um, over the last couple of years, which is allowing key players, a lot of key players, in one go to to move to within a year of their contracts. So now, you know, for example, Florian Torvan hasn't played um, at all, but then when he does come back, he'll only have a, really a couple of months away from being one year away from yeah. running out of contracts. So for a player that was being touted for 50, 60 million moves. Uh, Marseille obviously in real trouble um, on that front. So I don't know if they will tie him down to a contract. One other transfer um, sort of story is uh, the youngster, Isaac Lihaji, who, mm -hmm. who starred um, a lot um, in the, in the 17 World Cup. He was a, a revelation for OM in pre-season um, in, the, in the tour of the United States um, and England. Um, so, you know, four other clubs have made an offer for him. He's not been, he's not signed a contract yet because of the, the, the clan around him, his advisors, have been asking for <laughs> some significant money, um, upwards of a million signing bonus, £15,000 a week, something like that. Uh, so for a player that's only played minutes, like 10, 15 minutes in, 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 in the first team, to be asking for that, I don't think it's Lahaji's fault. I think it's just been advised very, very poorly. And, you know, he would do well to remember the likes of Bilal Bitoba, who was at 16, uh, played for Marseille in 2015 under Marcelo Bielsa, and then let fame go to his head and engineered the move to Sevilla and has been languishing in Sevilla's reserves ever since. Um, whereas likes of Camara and, and um, Lopez in particular have, have come into the first team. And Villas Boas has said, look, you know, only the youngsters who actually have a future at this club will be called in. Uh, to play matches and be on the subs bench, and until you get that resolved, um, it'll be you know I have to protect the club's interest too, which is again another fantastic stroke of communication. Um, so let's um, see how that one goes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, Clinton. By February, possibly. February. I think was the latest. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, it did struck me when, when I went through their, their, their squad, they had a pretty good half season without Tobal. So add Tobal to that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Clinton, it looks like uh, Bouba Bakari Soumare from Lille may be moving on. 
especially now that Renato Sanchez is kind of taking his spot in the team? Well, um, Renato kind of plays most of the time in more advanced roles, although he can also slot in there. Um, but I, I don't think that he's going to move in January, though. I think tomorrow okay. we'll probably wait till um, summer because by summer I think they're going to get a lot of money for him. They're going to get a lot more than they'll get in January. And also, uh, it's, it's going to be upset the squad a bit if he moves. I mean, they're, just, they're still trying to establish balance. I think um, um, Gautier is still trying to figure out his best formation, his best 11 and all of that. And just losing someone like um, Samaru just make it a bit harder and more complicated. I think they are probably going to wait till summer. I don't think it's going to happen in January. But um, if they do get a huge offer though, probably something in the region of 60 to 70 million, they'll probably be tempted to sell. Um, but I, I really don't see it happening in January. I think it'll probably be summer. Uh, right, and there's been lots of other rumors uh, over the weekend and especially today with uh, as you mentioned, Mo, Likib's transfer spe special uh, edition had lots of information in it, uh, but it's hard to establish which one is, uh, which, you know, rumors are realistic or not so far. Uh, we, I'll mention a couple cases that could be happening. Obviously, Clément Grenier has barely been playing with Rennes, uh, and he's uh, still theoretically quite a good player, so he could be on the move out, looking for a new club, I imagine, in Ligue 1. And uh, another story is around Max Alain Gradel, who uh, has been approached by a variety of clubs. Obviously, uh, you can understand why he would want to lose Toulouse, uh, how, how we, why he would want to leave Toulouse. That was a good rhyme. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, it, it would be disastrous for them to lose, you know, the only guy who makes things happen. Um, he's rumored, uh, it's rumored that Brighton wants him, even though he's, I mean, I don't know. I don't think he would cut in the Premier League at 32. He wasn't a big success with Burnmouth, was he? So uh, I'm not sure that would be wise, but you could definitely see him leaving his current club. That's for certain. Um, have we missed anything? Is that everything that's worth mentioning for now? Aitnuri? Aitnuri, yes, tell us. Aitnuri um, from Angers. Yeah, I think they said there was a 30 million bid. I spoke with Thomas about it. And he was more or less saying it could happen or it might happen in summer instead. But I don't think um, Aitnuri is ready to move yet. It's just 18. And um, such a big money move from a top five Premier League team, I think they said. Uh, it's, it's, it should probably see, wait till summer. From, but I don't think Angel will reject such, you know, a bit. Yeah. But for me, when I hear that, it's, you know, when you don't know what team it is, it just doesn't sound really, because it could just be Angel saying, oh, we got a 30 million offer, you know, just to kind of set the bar, even without yeah. receiving yeah, that's that's a that's definitely a possibility. So, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm struggling sure, yeah. to believe how um, you know, a team would be in such desperation to pay 30 million for an 18 year old left back who has yeah. barely in January. In January. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm not too sure about that one either. Um, 
but yeah, I think we'll call it a day with Ait Nouri. Um, we are taking a week off, as is all of Ligue 1, and we'll be back at the start of January after the uh, return of the Coupe de France, which is very exciting as always. Thanks, Philippe, for joining us. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Clinton. Thank you. And thanks, Mo. Thank you. As always, for the latest French football news, you can follow us at GFFN on Twitter or check out our website, getfootballnewsfrance.com. Keep an eye open as well for the GFFN 100 coming out on January 1st, our ranking of the 100 best players in France, uh, each with a, a nice little profile written about them so you can get to know them better. Uh, have a very happy holiday season and a happy new year, and we'll talk to you in 2020. Thank you for listening.